All right, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start as, I know we don't need a microphone in here, but we're, we're recording um, just for folks who want to maybe listen back later on um, online. So forgive the microphones, but you made it to Discovering Jesus and you made it through the maze of getting through the building back here to Discovering Jesus. So the great news is, you know, it's like the first day of school, getting to your class, um, if you can remember that. And once you get there, then you, then you know. And next time, next Wednesday night, hopefully you'll remember. Um, it'll be a little bit easier um, every time we gather together. Um, but so excited that you guys um, signed up for the class. This is our first time doing Discovering Jesus. And this has been uh, a dream for us as a church to create a space where we can have a conversation about Jesus. And that's what this is. It's a conversation. Um, we have people in the class starting from all different places. Um, folks who have been following Jesus for a, a while, folks who are just starting a relationship with Jesus, um, some folks in the class that are investigating and kicking the tires on what it means to follow Jesus, and all of you are welcomed here, most welcomed. Um, and this is going to be an open, safe conversation, and we'll talk a little bit about that and just some ground rules together. Um, but one of the things I'm really excited about is um, who is leading the class. Um, so Robbie and Janet Fisher um, are joining us um, to help lead the class. And Gabe Smith will be in here as well, um, helping to lead. And I want to just share um, very quickly before Robbie and Janet come up and, and begin. Um, the, so Robbie and Janet um, serve at Forest Hill Church. Um, but for the last year and a half, two years, Robbie's been helping us some here at New City with preaching um, and now with teaching at Academy. And so we'll take him and, and, and Janet any way we can, we can get them. But um, I met Jesus in the fourth grade. Um, and then our family um, quickly thereafter landed at, at Forest Hill Church, which at the time was on part, or, uh, Woodlawn. Mm -hmm. And um, not long after that, I met Robbie. And so driving over here tonight, I was thinking um, about just, you know, what would I share about Robbie? So many things I could, could say. But I think what I would want you to know is uh, from my experience, I, you know, I met Jesus um, but Robbie really introduced me to Jesus and understanding how to follow Jesus and who Jesus really was. And, and more than just from his words, um, just how he lives. And you'll, you'll see that for Robbie and Janet, just how they've chosen to live their life and serve. Um, so I can't think of someone better to lead us than Robbie and Janet um, through a discussion about who is Jesus and what does it mean to follow Jesus and what does it mean to pattern our lives after Jesus and um, you know, we were talking this morning together as a, as a team um, because we're going through Romans right now, and we, and we just started. So if you've, if you've missed, um, you're, it's not too late to jump in. We've covered one verse so far, so you can catch up. Um, but, you know, in verse 3 in Romans 1, Paul says the good news is all about God's son, Jesus. And it's such a, it's just a little teeny statement there. But we were talking this morning as a church team, as a staff, like that we can, we, can, we can get so consumed with so many things. And even the phrase like the gospel, which we'll talk about the gospel, which means good news, but we can talk about the gospel and all these things about the gospel and, and forget what Paul said, but the gospel is about Jesus. And so this class is all about what do we do with Jesus? Who is Jesus? What difference does Jesus make in our lives? And, you know, really all of this, I know this is, sounds so simple, but it's so true. Everything, all of this is about Jesus. It comes back to what we're talking about in this class, discovering who he is and what it means to follow after him. And sometimes we can trip all over ourselves as the church and as pastors 
and make it more complicated than it really needs to be um, when it's really about who is Jesus and what does it mean for me to follow after him in my life. Um, so that's what we're talking about for the next nine weeks, and we're going to be using um, a book, which we're going to talk about tonight, but I don't want to preempt it too much, but Philip Yancey's book that's in the center of the table that's yours to take, and if we, we have some on table, so if you ran out and you need more, we can kind of make sure we distribute it, and there's a few more people that will be joining us, but I think this book's like 30 years old. I think Yancey wrote this about 30 years ago. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, 95. Um, and, you know, I think there, if you look at the endorsements, we were talking about this, like Billy Graham and J.I. Packer and all these kind of, you know, uh, giants in faith are saying this is, the, this is the greatest work about Jesus that's ever been written. Um, and you'll love how Yancey writes. It's just such an everyday, accessible way of writing. So I hope you love the book, too, um, not just our discussions on Wednesday nights, but this can be kind of a guide. And the way that we've designed the classes we're not going to go like word by word like it's a textbook. Um, really, we're going to have discussions in here and, and really piggyback off some of Yancey's stuff. We'll pull from some other things. But the book is really just meant to sit in the backdrop for you to go further during the week and to have to, to just go even further in your you know discovery and understanding of who Jesus is. And so when you look at it, don't get overwhelmed that we're going to cover all of this in nine weeks. That we're going to cover some of it, but the book is really meant to be a tool for you to read. I think you'll love it um, and to go further with. And, and maybe if you love it, you'll pass it on to somebody else um, to help them in their journey too. So um, I'm going to pray for us, and then Robbie and Janet are going to come, uh, come up and do some introduction things. And tonight, um, Robbie and I are going to share the teaching. Um, so we'll do it in a couple different sections. And you do have some notebooks, uh, just before I forget, in the center of your table as well. Um, that they're yours. You can distribute them. If somebody wants to be a team captain at your table and take leadership, um, you can distribute them to your um, table. There's, I think, some academy stickers there if you want to. Again, the books are there for you. Um, so if you want to take notes, if you're a note taker, you can. If you just want to sit and kind of soak it in and take it all in, if that's you know how you learn, no, no problem. But the notebooks are there for you to take uh, if you want to take notes during the class or afterwards. Or if you want to take it when you're reading the book and take notes and, and when you come to class, ask a question or something you read in the book um, that you want to go further with, you know, that could be fun too. All right. Um, well, let me pray for us. And then Robbie and Janet Fisher are going to come forward and um, we'll jump in. Sound good? Everybody okay? Anybody nervous? Don't be nervous. It's going to be great. All right. God, thank you so much for... Uh, this this space, the 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 place to to gather together, um, and to be together. We don't take that for granted that we can be together and 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 just have an open, honest conversation about your Son Jesus. Um, you know, as we're going to learn together that you know Jesus was your greatest gift to us. That in Jesus you made yourself fully known to us. You wanted to explain yourself to us. Um, and to, to demonstrate how much you care for us and love us. So I pray for each of my friends here tonight around these circles that this would be a safe place to have maybe a dangerous conversation about who you are and what it means to follow you, that it would be a safe place to ask hard questions and to wrestle with the biggest questions in life. You know, who is Jesus? What does it mean to follow after you and pattern my life after you? These are big questions 
they're, they're difficult questions. So would you make this a, a space of grace and um, a safe place every week where we can come and, and bring our questions to you and one another and, and hold them before you? Um, and I, I want to pray for myself and each of my friends that we would encounter you, Jesus, um, and we would be changed because of it. And we pray that in your name. Amen. All right. Robbie and Janet. Well, we do want us, we do want to thank you. Yeah. Make this a safe place for you guys. And so we want to start by having like talking to each other. There's gonna be a lot of talking in these in these uh, sessions that we're together. So we wanna start by um, doing a little exercise with you. And Chris is actually the first one who's going to share about, um, so Chris thought he was handing me the mic, but actually he's going to come right back up. We're going to talk about what we have on our phone screensaver. So Chris is going to start by talking about Chris uh, introducing himself by what he has on his phone screensaver. So here it is. Voila. Whoops. There we go, Chris. Yeah, and that's for real. Explain yourself. <laughs> yeah, so this is my wife, Jen. Um, Sorry. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. For those of you listening online, um, <laughs> this is my wife, Jen. We've been married 22 years. Robbie married us. Mm -hmm. um, all, barely. Mm -hmm. um, that was a great story. Yeah. We were, and my wife is from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and the wedding was there. And I think you guys were in Denver. Mm -hmm. And there was this huge hailstorm. Yeah. Uh, the Took night out before, half of the planes. and couldn't make the rehearsal, and like anyway, like 30 minutes before shows up for the wedding, but he got there, and we got married, and it stuck, and here we are, and my oldest is here with me too, Jackson, in the class. Um, this is a picture on on my phone, and it just you know reminds me of Jen, and I was I'm so I'm a, a, a chaplain in the Air Force as well, and this was when I was at officer training school um, for six weeks, and. This is like some Air Force attire, and she sent me a picture of, of wearing that. So she doesn't like the picture. Every time I show it, she's like, why do you have that picture on your phone? Um, but, it, it, but yeah, now I'm showing it all of you, um, so don't tell her. Um, but yeah, it just reminds me of, of, of who she is and my love for her and makes me smile. So, And that, that's me. And I have two other children, too. Um, Marin is um, 16, just got back from Windy Gap from our trip, and then our youngest faith um, is 14 and Jen is a lower school assistant principal at Charlotte Christian and we have been here at New City for well we were at Matthews for eight years and have been here together for five so almost 14 years crazy and then Robbie I worked um, for Robbie really gave him my first job in ministry it'll be 25 years in May oh my um, she was so yeah everything I know I learned from Robbie there we go. Okay, Thanks for that. Okay. Oh. All right. Yep. Who's that? This is, um, so our, our first grandchild was born this summer. We have, uh, we've been married 37 years, two weeks ago. And uh, our oldest just had her first child. And this child, so our name is Janet and Robbie Fisher. And they named this child Fisher. So this is Fisher Kate Jones. And I mean, there's just, so you know, it's now not that because my, my daughter is a pastor, Janice's daughter as well, and um, she, she did her first wedding this summer. And so this is, I'm holding her 
uh, this child while uh, she's performing the wedding and doing all the work, and I was dancing with her and singing. So, so like this gets updated all the time. So anyway, it's good to marry your best friend, and and just something exponential when you get to hold this little one. And then we also have another daughter that you're going to introduce. Yeah. So so I'm Janet Fisher, and um, Robbie and I have been married. 37 years. Robbie's been in ministry for all of those years, just about at Forest Hill. So, um, but we have a long history with uh, Chris. So this is um, our other daughter. So this is not the mommy of this, but that's our daughter, Ryan. Last year she got married. So um, that's her husband, David. We have two sons-in-law, both named David, which makes for fun in our home. Um, so. But yeah, so lots of joy here. This has actually been in their new, they just bought a new house that, down the street from Ben. And so um, that's them sitting in their empty house, which is really fun. So um, another thing about me is I, I have a, I work outside the home. I'm a leadership development director at a professional services firm, CLA Clifton Larson Allen here in Charlotte. So I'm, Super excited to be with you guys today, and um, I'm, a, I'm a fellow journeyer with you guys. So we're gonna talk a lot about that, that we're all on a journey together, discovering Jesus. You never, I mean, Robbie's probably the oldest man in the room, and he's still on a journey. Oh wait, maybe not, I don't know. But anyway, we won't, we won't go into that, but, but we're all on. Because <laughs> I know how old you are. There you go, there you go, that's right. But we're all on a journey, right? And I think that's the beauty of Jesus, right? Is there's just, the more you know him, and it's just like if you're married, it's like the more you know your spouse, the more you know, there's more to get to know. And so um, we're all on this journey together. We're excited about journeying with you guys. So we want to talk for just a minute about some ground rules in this class, because this might be a different class than what you expected and so we want to set some expectations for you and talk a little bit about, again, that we're on this journey, but um, what would we like to have? We're going to, we're going to write our own ground rules, okay? So what would we like from this class to as far as respecting each other or learning from each other? So I put two up here just to kind of get us started as a group of learners, which again, think about that. Again, I really want us to hold on to this, that we're all learning together, okay, including me, including your pastor, Chris, right? We're all learning together. So as a group of learners, we're going to be curious, right? We're, nobody knows everything about Jesus, and we're going to be open, and we're going to be interested in each other. We're going to be doing a lot of conversation, and I have respect each other. So what else? What else would you like? And I'm going to write them. Am I going to write or do you yeah, want to write? write? Okay. What else would you guys like to put as some ground rules? Yeah, yeah. No questions are bad great one that's a great one so this is Chris talked about this a little bit already I would be sad to be honest if you left here with questions that you you didn't feel safe asking like that would we would be failing wouldn't we Chris we would be failing if you left this class going well I, I just didn't I felt like that was a really stupid question and I didn't want to ask it because we're all on this journey together so I really appreciate that no question is off limits Good. What else? Patience. Okay. Talk a little bit more about patience. Perfect. Well, I mean, I, I guess you know, it's just a point. Not everybody's at the same level. So yes. Still trying to 
Okay, so you, are, you, are you elbowing her patience, patience as we go along? Yeah, but no, honestly, that's a really good one. That's about, it's about respect too, right? That we're, we're going to be patient with each other. I mean, gosh, can you imagine if Jesus, he is watching us, obviously, he is here with us, his spirit is here, but if, if we were to exercise patience with each other, how pleased he would be. We're all journeying together, and we're all watch you learn from each other, and respect each other, and love each other enough to to allow for space and um, be patient with each other. Good. What else you got? Okay, diligent. Talk about that. Yeah, so that's the, good. The, the diligence is, is really just keeping up with reading. And, good, um, yeah. And, and I think just keeping, keeping up with studying as much as you can. Good, so. good. And I, I would add to that being engaged while you're in here. Mm, you know, just, just knowing this is not, I hope that there's not a single person who just sits and even, you don't have to say something if you don't feel safe saying something this, you know, at the beginning, but just that you're, you're not just sitting going, I wonder how long this is going to take. You know that's you know that's not what we what we want. So any what others? Yeah. Uh, process, not perfection. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. So again, we're, that's that that idea of we're all on a journey. This is a process we're in. We're all in this processing this together, and nobody's going to get this perfectly. And isn't that the beautiful thing about the grace of the gospel message? Right. Like we don't have to be perfect. So good. Okay. I, I want to leave space for anybody else. I also want to just say we're gonna uh, we'll put these in the so that we'll revisit these every week. So if you think of one like oh we broke that one I didn't know we broke it until after we broke it, um, we'll we'll we can put those we'll revisit these so we know where we're going as a group. Again, this is not a lecture. That's one of the ones I want you to hear. Is this is not a lecture. There's going to be a lot of table discussion. So I actually want to get you guys, give you guys a chance to introduce and just, again, exercise your voices here by pulling out your phone and now introducing yourself just really quickly to your table, maybe like one minute, not as long as the preachers did, but um, just one minute maybe just talking about yourself um, with, by your, by your um, what you have on your screensaver. Okay? Does everybody understand? Okay, we'll give you just a minute to do that. Um, so I'm going to invite Chris Payne, who's now waxing eloquent, to come up and tell his story in maybe about a five-minute period of how he came to meet Jesus, just so that we kind of have that in our mind. Yeah, right? and I, so I, I kind of started, um, you know, introducing Robbie and Janet by talking about meeting Jesus a few years before we met, which was 1989. Mm -hmm. um, but in like 85, my, and I'm going to share a little bit of the story on Sunday, actually, because my mom was invited to a, a neighborhood tea, like a conversation with, with some other ladies, mm -hmm. but it turned out to be a Romans 
Bible study. Um, and I don't know how much of a bait and switch it was or like if they were up front about that, but I've got the study. I'm going to show it on Sunday. But she stayed. And they were, and I think really some of the ground rules we were just talking about, it must have been a welcoming place where somebody who was a total starter with Jesus um, was felt safe to be there and, and study a book like Romans, which is pretty dense, um, and met Jesus in that study. And then out of that, my mom really is the one that, that brought us to, to church where I really heard from her and from what I was learning there about Jesus and was introduced to Jesus um, and came to faith there. I was in like fourth grade. I remember, I remember getting up and praying and asking Jesus to come into my life and forgive me my sins and then getting back into bed and going to bed, like going to sleep and not telling anybody. Like, and it wasn't until like months later that I shared about all that. And then we ended up connecting, as I said, to Forest Hill. And it really was in youth group. That was the first time I had really ever had someone help me understand what does it mean to actually follow Jesus? Like, I want to go to heaven, but there's more than, than that to following Jesus. Like, what difference does he make in my life today? Um, and so that, that was my journey, um, discovering Jesus in that way. Yeah, yeah. Is it you? I can't remember yeah. the order. Yeah. Janet? It's always you. It's always, it's you. always me. Okay. So we, we want to um, ask you guys to think a little bit and have a conversation around your table. Again, um, around, pair, you're going to pair up in, two, in groups of twos or three if there's, and, and talk about two words that you would use to describe Jesus. There's no right or wrong answer here, okay? So um, come up with some words, and then we're going to ask you to, just for the sake of conversation, to, uh, to offer your two, the two, that, the two best ones from your pair, okay? So, so talk in groups of two or three, come up with as many words to describe him as you can, and then we're going to give you about five minutes to do that, and then we'll have, uh, we'll have a little bit of a discussion around. Let's start here. We, our two favorites were God and love. God. God and love. Okay, Jesus is God. That's a good word to describe him. Did anybody else have that one at your table? All right, we had it over there. And love. Okay. Who had love? Awesome, awesome. Jackson we all love. agree, right? Do we all agree job, that's too. a good one for him? Okay, good. All right, how, did y'all, what were y'all's two? I'm a little child. He was tall and white. Tall and white. Okay, can you kind of tell us, I, I think you probably already told Robbie the, about like the, the formation of those two words in your mind. I went to Catholic elementary school and he was tall and white. <laughs> that's good. That's go. so good. That's so good. Isn't it? We were talking, um, Pat and I were talking before uh, that we got started just about how we have these things in our mind that our culture tells us about who, it's like some people might have images of Jesus uh, that he was angry or he was, you know, some things that, that our culture tells us, whatever those things might be, you know, and mm. so tall and white would be a, a, a true about that. So, okay. How about you guys? Okay, okay, nice. Oh, do, okay, loving's already taken. I'm going to pull one down because I, I didn't feel like I knew quite the extent or feel like I failed in my memory. 
But I remember the service that Chris gave us about uh, years and him being new. He's mm. new. Yeah. Okay. I really, I, it really stuck with me then. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good. Okay. How about you guys? Teacher. Okay, who had teacher? I thought some other people, I thought I heard other people talking about teacher. Uh huh. He was a teacher. And then we also had uh, Majestic. Whoa, a whole switch, right? So Majestic. Is that similar to the God in the God vein or something different when you think Majestic versus, I don't know who at your table offered that, but. Just like all powerful. All powerful. Hmm. Okay, all knowing, all powerful. Okay, good. Hmm. All right, how about you guys? We had challenger. Oh, okay. That's might maybe that might be a challenging yeah. <laughs> description of Jesus. Yeah. Yes. So okay, he would was he a be challenger. the challenger? Well, we didn't put the article in front, but we did. <laughs> um, and then here was the second one: uh, patient. Oh, whoa! How about that? So isn't that interesting? Side by side those two descriptions of him that he's, he, you can find him challenging and challenging, I'm assuming the system or challenging the whatever the, he sees that he sees as, as not right or whatever. Mm. But then at the same time patient, I, I would like that to be the description of me to be honest. Yeah. So, mm, mm. okay, all right, thank you guys. Great, everybody got a chance, so great. Yeah. So one of the things in this book that I think is helpful is it breaks uh, this book into three questions. So for the next maybe three weeks, you know, don't pin us down on that. We're going to be addressing this question, who is Jesus? And the, the first third of this book is addressing that, those questions. So it would be worthwhile if you kind of, if you're a schedule person and I, you know, it was a little too broad, like look at the book sometime, you know, that it might just end up on your shelf or whatever then um, the first third of it, which is the first five, five chapters, is generally covering this idea of who is Jesus. And then the next ones we'll go with from there. But uh, so addressing that question, it's kind of interesting. I was um, reading about the, uh, the Russian, um, I guess he was the premier, uh, Nikita Khrushchev said, um, I, we sent the cosmonauts into space and I interviewed the cosmonaut when he got back. And I said, did you find God? Did you see God up there? And he goes, no. Didn't see, no, no sign of him. And Nikita Khrushchev proudly announced, so therefore there must be no God because they didn't find him up there. And uh, C.S. Lewis is writing a little commentary on that. And he says, well, that's, that's kind of like... Um, reading Shakespeare and looking for Bill Shakespeare in the book or in the play. Like, no, you, you wouldn't find him in the play. Now, there's fingerprints of him all over the place. But he's outside of the book or outside of the play. He created it. The only way that you would like be re reading a line of Hamlet and all of a sudden he bumps into Bill Shakespeare is because William Shakespeare, the author, wrote himself into the play, right? Well, that's what the biblical narrative says happened, that God Almighty came and took on flesh 
and dwelt among us, and his name was Jesus. And C.S. Lewis says a little bit further, he says, the only way that you could ever know who that God was, who was outside of your universe, who had created it, is that if he came in and told you who he was, like he literally revealed to you who he was. And if you, if you think about this for a second, we, we, Jen and I have been married 37 years, but all the time she'll say, I, I don't think that way. This is not what I really like. This is not what I'm interested in. Why, why did you think we, this was like my deep, deepest thought on this subject? And truly, I can either just kind of write down some notes and take a guess at what she might be or who she is or who she really deeply feels things, or I can say, honey, how do you see this topic of the, the movie that we should go see? Because I thought you wanted to go to a movie where a lot of people die in the movie and they blow up things. And, and you somehow wanted to go to a movie where they laughed a lot and cried together. You know, like, and that had Sandra Bullock as the main actress, um, which is her favorite actor. Um, so you get, you're, you're with me here, this idea of the way that you would find out who this God would be, who Jesus was, is to actually go to the source and say, could you, could you tell us who you are? So there's this great verse, so you, you might not have guessed what these two words would be, but Jesus actually, in a passage, tells you who he sees himself to be. It's the only place that he gives you a description of who he is. That, by, that, that might be a research question, by the way. Get on Google or go through the scriptures and say, let me just see if that's right. Is this the only place where he says, here's who I am. Here's what I want you to know about me. And here's the, uh, the passage. It's Matthew eleven twenty nine, And it says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for yourself, for your souls. So let me say, first of all, one of the reasons why Jesus came is to reveal to us who God is. And he just gave us that gift. And so let me just kind of walk through this a little bit and see, because there's some language that we might not know exactly what he's saying. So he says, take my yoke upon you. So the, the idea in the agrarian culture is there was a yoke that put two oxen together, and they were working together. And obviously, they're getting to have double the amount of strength as they're pulling it together. But the term also means like a discipline, like a putting yourself under submission of someone's teaching. That, that's a yoke. That is a, if you will, a, a, an instruction. I'm coming, take my yoke upon you the way, the, the truths that I'm teaching. Take this upon you and learn from me. Come to me with a posture of humility like saying, if you are the way to life, if you are my creator, which is what the scriptures talk about, if you are the one that holds the key and you knew me before the day I was born, before the foundations of the earth, if that's all true, then 
I'm approaching you with humility, and I want to learn from you. And he says, I'm these two things. I'm gentle and lowly of heart. I'm gentle, meaning that maybe one of your number one things about yourself is you're harder on yourself than anybody else is. The, you hear the voice of shame, and you hear the voice of guilt, and I'm not that, and I haven't gotten this right, and all of these things. This is our natural go-to. We, we're going to do this, and then we feel the shame and the guilt of I should have done it better, or I'm not enough, or what if people find out that I'm a poser? And he says, I am gentle, which means I come approaching you in kindness far more than you would do for yourself, far more than you would ever dream that your creator would do. But I am gentle with you. I'm gentle with your sin. It says in Hebrews that he is gentle with the ignorant and the stubborn. Like, okay, which one of those am I? Ignorant? Lots of times. Stubborn? Absolutely. Right? And he says, I am, I am gentle with, with the, those categories. He says, I'm gentle and I'm lowly in heart. Now, that's not a meek position. That means I am accessible. I'm more accessible than you ever dreamed I was. I've been pursuing you for your whole life. I know every detail about you, and I'm not repelled by you. I'm interested in you because I created you. You are my idea. So I'm gentle and I'm lowly in heart. And when you take this yoke, when you take this learning and this truth and listen to me as if living water of life, you will find what you really long for the most. Rest for your soul. Peace, a Sabbath. And that Sabbath, that rest, has a lot to do with instead of striving, trusting. Instead of saying, I've got to, my to-do list, it's always pounding on me. And if I haven't done this and this and this, I don't feel worthwhile. And of course, everything in culture says that about us. Even Santa Claus, Jackson, he's going to find out if you're naughty or nice. And nothing's coming, right? Everywhere we get this, we are absolutely compelled to step up to the plate and, and be enough to get rewarded in that way from your job, from your grades, and everywhere. And here he says, take this gift, not this work, take this gift that I'm offering you that comes through my yoke, that comes through what, my teachings, and I, you will find rest for your soul. This is what's being offered. So I, I, I just want to kind of put before you that these two words to just think with. Go, go back and look at this passage. And, and like I say, you can even look through and see where else you might find different things. But that he would say, here's the two things I want you to know about me. Mm-hmm. That I'm gentle with you and I'm lowly of heart. I'm accessible to you. Mm-hmm. So that would be, and now I segue to... Well, I, and I just want to say, I don't know how you feel about that, like hearing that, like that's what, that that's how Jesus described himself, the only time he really <coughs> described this, you want to know who I am? This is who I am. 
he's, it's not that he's not all those other things, but the two words he used, it makes me want to just be like, doesn't it? Like, don't you just want to take a like, mm. boy, that's not what I've learned my whole life about you, right? That's not the image that I have in my mind, the first image that I have in my mind. And mm. what a great, just a gift that Robbie, I think that, that you're sharing with us of mm. just, okay, I can take a deep breath and know this is a safe, that he is safe for me. He's gentle with my, mm. with my sin and with my Brokenness. ignorance. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, okay, so now we kind of have maybe a little bit of our, our description of Jesus. Maybe it's, it's molded a little bit better for us, right? And if you don't go home with anything else and you take that home with you and you never forget it, this night has been worth the time you've spent, right? So mm. well, let's talk about what we want to do now is kind of talk. We're going to have Chris talk in just a minute. But talk about why did Jesus come? Like, what do you think his mission was on earth? Okay, so we're just going to, again, have a little, have you talk at your table. Why do you think, again, there's no, like, you know, nobody's going to slam, like, there's no right or wrong answer here necessarily. There's lots of answers, I should probably say. But why do you, what was his mission and why did he come? What do you think? So talk at your table, give you about five minutes to do that, and then we're going to just talk as a room this next time, talk as a room about what you thought, what you discovered. Leviticus. So we'd, I'd love to pull us back together and just hear a couple ideas. It may be that you've never thought of this question before. Like, have you ever thought about, you know, there was a lot of intentionality, right? God leaving heaven, coming to earth. That was intentional. So... What was his mission? What, what, what did y'all come up with? What was his mission? Who's, can y'all share? What did y'all talk about? This table back here. That's so good. So the words I hear from that is one, he's a pursuer. Like he was like, I'm going to ultimately pursue you. I tried all these other ways in the Old Testament to stay in relationship with you, but then, okay, I'm going to I'm going to pursue you so far. I'm going to pursue you all the way to earth. Is that is that a fair kind of description of how y'all were talking about it? Okay. And then um, the other thing was, just say the other thing again one more time. The second, there were two ideas there. I lost the second one. Uh, heaven to earth. Oh, heaven to earth. Thank you. That's it. Yeah, so thank you. I got so excited about the pursuer part that I forgot. Um, yeah, that, that to, to kind of reflect, right? Like, let me, ex we talked a little bit about that at this table, right? That part of what he came, like, if you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus, right? So to kind of, to kind of help us to really have literal flesh and blood of what, what God was like. So that's, thank you so much. Those are great ideas. What about y'all? Yeah, so Ben was talking about the, the covenants. He just went to the Old Testament class, so it's like a little clip for the Old Testament class. Yeah, no, but he was talking about the covenants that God made with his people had to be faithful to them and that Jesus was part of fulfilling those covenants. So, yeah, good. Well, who else wants to share? Yeah, yeah, Rebecca. Um, I feel like Dave Russell's kind 
The big ticket item. The big ticket item. <laughs> Just right, the big ticket item there. That's yeah. right, to save our souls. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that he, he wasn't there just for the Jews. He wasn't there just for the people that had their lives all put together, right? He was there for the people that were broken, right? Very good. That's very cool. That's definitely part of his mission. Anybody else want to share? Pat one just like that. Oh, Pat, okay. He? I watched the judge. So, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, but I knew about yes. yeah. And he included her even with his apostles. Yeah. He really pursued some really interesting relationships, didn't he? That that would be kind of <gasps> what in the world? So he, he had like different priorities. Right. Never. Right. That's right. That's right. Matt, did you want to share something? Boy, freedom, uh, that, him offering freedom, that being part of his mission is so, again, it's that thing of, really? Okay, because that's not, again, the, the, our culture today wouldn't say, really, Christians are so free. You know, they wouldn't say that. And yet, that is part of what he's offering. That's really good. Okay, Chris, you want to? Thank you. So let's, Chris is going to share a little bit about what, what the Bible says about and I, I want to do that just by sharing three passages. And um, you know, you're welcome to turn there or just write the reference down if you, if you want to. Um, but we thought about three passages to help get around the question of, you know, why did Jesus come? Like, what was his mission? The things we just talked about. And we thought we would just use his own words. Um, there's a lot of things we could say. And, and by the way, um, and Robbie talked about this in, in part one of the book, R roughly, our first few classes are going to be about who is Jesus. And in Yancey's opening chapter, which you're, you're going to love it, but his opening chapter is the Jesus I thought I knew. And, you know, because all of us, or many of us, have constructed a Jesus 
um, based on our experiences. We come from different backgrounds, different churches. We interacted with different family systems and different people that taught us different things. We may have even had an image of who Jesus was physically, um, what he did. So we've, we've constructed this Jesus. And um, you know, part of this class is just coming back to who did Jesus say he was in his words. And when we look at the narratives of the scripture, which, you know, the Gospels, right? So the Gospels, we talk about this, are the, the foundational books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they're selected biographies, meaning, you know, at the end of John, John says, you know, if everything were written about Jesus, everything he did, there's not enough books in the world that could contain all the words that would need to be written about who is Jesus. So it kind of begs the question, so why these words? And, and what we're left with is that the Holy Spirit, you know, God himself gave these words to us. That's what we believe about the scriptures, that he inspired these words as a selected biography of who Jesus is, like meaning who was he, what did he do, why did he come? And these are the words that he wanted to give to us to, to know Jesus. Um, so I just say that as a little bit of a preamble to the passages I'm going to read because these passages were in a way selected for you, that there's so many things that could be written about Jesus, but the Holy Spirit chose to give to these people who collected the writings of the scriptures and wrote them and inspired them. These are the words I want you to write to be eternal words to give to people sitting in a classroom here in Charlotte to talk about who was this guy. Um, so one, one of those, let's just talk about three. Um, as we think about why Jesus came. The first one is from Luke. All these are from the Gospels, those foundational books. And remember, we talk about this. We'll keep coming back to it on Sundays. There's four foundational books in the New Testament, one historical book, and 22 instructional books in the New Testament. So the four foundational books are the Gospels, and they're, and they're a selected biography to help us understand who is Jesus and what did he do. And then Acts is our historical book that tells us you know, the beginning of the church. It's a, it's, a, it's a collection of stories about the spread of the stories of Jesus in the church. And then the, the remaining 22 books from Romans to Revelation are instructions about how do you live it out? You know, how do you intersect what you believe about Jesus in a real time and space in history and live that out? But these three are from the Gospels about who is Jesus. That, that's the foundational question that the Gospels want to get at. So Luke chapter 19, verse 10 Jesus is having, an, and I love this, by the way, because all the three passages that were selected um, are all conversations with people. So it's not Jesus getting up to a lectern and, you know, hey, I'm good. today I'm going to give you the seven things of why I came. Um, they're all in the context of relationship. And, and in some ways, as we'll see here, difficult relationships, difficult moments. The first one is with a guy named Zacchaeus who um, had a checkered past, was a tax collector. Um, you, you may have learned a song about him. He's trying to see Jesus, right? And, and he's just, just this um, extravagant sinner, you know, person that's broken. Um, Robbie used that word, just our brokenness. And yet he wants to see Jesus. And I, I do just want to highlight, like, there's, there's a million places you could be tonight. You might, could be watching a ball game. You could be with your friends. You could be whatever. For whatever reason, there's something inside of you that, that prompted you to be here. You know, there's something that is calling out for you 
to wrestle further with this question of who is Jesus to me. And that's Zacchaeus. You know, who, who is Jesus? I, want to, I just want to see him. And if I could just see him, then, then that could change me. And it does. And then Jesus comes and has supper with him and his friends, and the people don't like it. And they grumble, right? You know, we talked about our table. Um, Rebecca said challenger, which I love that one, that Jesus was a challenger. And I don't think he was a challenger just to be difficult, but he was a challenger in the best of ways and challenging the status quo and challenging the institution um, and religiosity and superiority and piety and the things that kept people from God. You know, Robbie gave us that beautiful passage that I'm, I'm gentle and lowly of heart. I loved his word there of accessible, that Jesus was accessible to people and religiosity was not accessible based on, based on your ethnicity, um, whether you were a man, you know, um, whether you were from a certain tribe, whether you had a certain a pedigree, God was accessible at different levels to you. And Jesus comes and he's just accessible to, to everyday people, even the people that he chose. So here's the passage. Um, he's responding to this group of people that are despondent to him. And he says, um, salvation has come to Zacchaeus' home, for he's shown himself to be the true son of Abraham. So he's connecting back into his lineage. And what does it really mean to be a true son of Abraham? To believe in Jesus. And then he says this. Here's our passage, Luke 19.10, if you just want to make a little note. For the Son of Man, this is Jesus speaking about himself, came to seek and to save those who were lost. So those are Jesus' words about his mission. Why did he come? He came to seek and to save people that were lost, um, people that couldn't find their way, uh, people that were disoriented with life, who were confused with life. Um, and I love, you know, so he, he saves, and we talked about that in our, our, our big ticket item, um, to save your soul. Um, but I love the first word, too, that he's seeking. You know, we talk about we seek God, but God sought us first. You know, that he's seeking us, that he came to find you. We talk about this a lot, that every other world religion, in some form or fashion, is about you seeking God by your performance, You've got to do these things. You got to go to this place. You got to do this act of service. You got to give this amount. You got to pray this amount. You've got to come to a service. You got to dress a certain way. You got to talk a certain way. Christianity alone says God came and sought you, that God came to find you. Um, and this is the, all, the disciples, right? We're in good company here as we stumble our way through this and following Jesus. Even at the end, they're saying, just show us the Father. Mm -hmm. They're all good Jewish boys. You know, they want to just see the Father. And Jesus says, don't you know, like, as you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That, in other words, Robbie said this, that Jesus was the perfect revelation. And Janet said it too. As we've seen Jesus, we see the Father. That Jesus was God's ultimate revelation to us. So the first thing, he came to seek and to save the lost. And then you'll know this one, uh, John 3, uh, but not 16. We're going to go to verse 17 um, and listen to the words of Jesus. And again, we're in a conversation. Does anyone, I don't know if I should even ask a question. I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but does anybody remember what the converse, who, who the conversation was with that Jesus was talking to with when he said John 3, 16, you know, for God so loved the world? Does anybody remember? 
His name was Nicodemus, right? And he's, he's a, a leading priest. He's a Pharisee. Um, he's a religious guy. He's not supposed to be talking to Jesus. He's coming at night, but he's so curious because he recognizes something's different about Jesus. And so in secret, he comes and he has this conversation with Jesus. And Jesus blows his mind by saying, you've got to be born again. He's like, I, that doesn't work. Um, and he's like, no, I mean spiritually. Um, and then he says those famous words, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him shouldn't perish but have everlasting life. And then he says these words, our passage tonight, verse 17, for God sent his son, he's talking about himself, for God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So again, maybe this is the Jesus you never knew because you grew up with a Jesus that came to slap your hand and, and tell you to be a good boy and a good girl and stop doing those things and, and, and judging you. And maybe you feel judged. Um, it breaks my heart, but I know a lot of people don't come to church or won't come and have a conversation like this because they feel judged and they feel like they wouldn't be accepted. You know, it was beautiful to just our, our, our rules together and kind of what we're going to hold each other accountable to in terms of just creating a safe place that we don't judge. And God doesn't judge, you know, that he didn't come to judge you. Um, and Jesus says, you know, if you don't believe, you're, you're already judged, you know, by your actions. So he's like, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't need to come to tell you that. I didn't need to come to do that. I came to save people who were already judged, who already judged themselves and judge others. Um, that's why Jesus came. So a beautiful passage from Jesus after John 3.16 that gives us his mission of why he came, that he, he was sent into the world by the Father, not to judge the world, but to save the world. And then lastly, uh, Mark 10, uh, Mark 10, 45. I, and again, these are all in the context of conversation, real conversations with real people, which I love, are, are just like us around tables, um, talking about who is Jesus. And his disciples are arguing, and this gives us great hope, right, that they're following Jesus physically, and they're fussing at each other, you know, and arguing with each other and stumbling all the way through um, and following Jesus and, and hearing his preaching and watching him perform miracles and listening to his teaching, and yet they still don't fully get it. Um, they see glimpses, but they don't fully get it, which gives me hope, you know, like with my questions and doubts that, you know, we're in process. And the enemy of, you know, you know, processes this idea that I have to be perfect. And the disciples weren't perfect. They were, they, were, they were stumbling all the way through it. So they're having this conversation about who's the greatest. And Jesus says these words in John or uh, Mark 10, 45, For even the Son of Man, Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So what's a ransom? Just definitionally, you know, what, what's a ransom? Bingo. So let's think about that in the context of our passage, that Jesus describes himself and his life as a ransom for many. So how would that work, Bill? You know, what, what's he well, saying? We're, we're the something in return. Yeah. He gives up his life for our return, for yeah. our salvation. Great. I think. No. You got it, buddy. I'm not stupid. No. But I do have a question. Yeah, shoot. All three verses, and, and 
I'm just curious. We're always poking in the third party, the third person. Hmm. Why? <laughs> Great. I mean, I don't know. I'm just curious. I mean, you know, he never said, I am the son of man. He just said, mm. the son of man can. Mm. So yeah. he's talking about himself. He's talking about himself yes. in a third party. Yes. Uh, mm. He, he and he did that a lot. He did. Yeah, if you I, think I about it. I don't know. Any, I mean, is there any? Do you have an answer? Hmm. Isn't it a cultural thing? I think it's not really true. That's a good question. Yeah, and the second one, he's not even talking about himself. In yeah, second person, he's talking about God, the yeah. Father. Well, there are some verses where he says, "I am the way." I was going to say, he yeah. Does say, "I yeah. am the way," but in these verses, it was sort of removed from him. As yeah. And throughout, he's giving the, the phrases, I am the, the door, I am the good shepherd, which is an homage to him being God Almighty. Yeah. Because he's using the language that God used in right. And he even in, said, who do you, who, you know, to the Sadducees, Pharisees, who do you think I am? Mm-hmm. So I's used a lot, but in these three, it was. That is interesting. It is. I, I don't know. Really, great, really great question. Yeah. There's a question over here. Oh, yeah. How much time do we have? Forget five minutes. You didn't stump all of us, Bill. Sorry. Just no, most of us. <laughs> there you go. I was just going to say, kind of what Dave said there is, I don't know if I've heard this before. Um, I may have got it. I don't know what I did with the other one, so I may have got it. But um, I think the idea is, like, 
kind of depersonified him as a, as a death, um, which is something that we can all have. Mm. Um, Thank you, guys. We just have one thing left that we were. Good job, Chris. I know. I, I again, I don't, I don't know how you guys feel, but I just, like, I feel so, um, like, wrapped in, like, this safety of this God that we serve, this Jesus who came to earth is, like, he, he came for, he came to serve. He came as a ransom. He came not to condemn. Those are, that's the gospel. Like, that is good news. That is really, really good news. And I want to, I want to live in that. I want to live in, if that's true, right, which, I mean, we're hearing it from the lips of Jesus. If that's true, man, I want to, I want to remember that. I want that to be right here in front of me. So again, hopefully that those are things that you'll, you'll hold on to. So we didn't really talk very much, and we probably should do this better next week, about like how we're going to structure all of the, these nine classes that we have together with you. But um, uh, spoiler alert, one of the classes, I think it's the eighth one or the seventh one, is it's, a, it's a, like a choose-your-own-adventure. So what we really want to know is like what is it that brought you here like, what is it that you, is there a question that you have? What is it that you're really wanting to learn? Because we want to make sure that we address that. So to Chris's point, lots of people in lots of different uh, levels or levels of learning, different places on the journey, and that's great. But we'd love to hear if there's, if there's a question that you're like, I, I'm just dying to know this. We want to make sure that we hit that. So... Um, so the, the question we have just to end the evening is, and if you don't know now, that's okay. You can tell us next week. We have lots of time to plan that one course, that one week, but we'd love for that to be like a build your own adventure. So um, what are you hoping to learn um, in this class? It's kind of a big question. If you have one, we're gonna. We'd love to have them. Um, but if you don't, again, I think it's again for us all to know that we're we all have questions, you know. And so, um, yeah. 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 I mean, me personally, I don't know that this would be answered. Okay. But Okay. Okay. 
Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, and I think I love that you you said um, I don't know that it can be answered because it really, I, I we should say like we're not the answer like we're not the answer men and women right so but if there's something we can explore together, um, that's a much better way of phrasing it. So, anybody else want to offer something tonight? Yeah. XYZ and um, or like you know if, mm. if someone does something terrible to someone else do they still get salvation yeah you know mm. yeah. it's, it's yeah. sort of like you know if, if people don't follow Jesus in you know in like kindness and grace and love then you know um, why do they get salvation I guess in a certain sense mm. right D does that does that do you yeah. have a way to describe that Robbie Sorry, no, no, it's not. I, I want to. I want to. Those are essential questions. Yeah. There's just about four of them, but yeah. that's that's really good. Like, um, who gets grace? Is it just for the good people? What else was there? Um, why should we be good mm -hmm. if salvation is assured? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Did, was that? Yeah, I heard. I heard that. That was the one I actually heard. <laughs> no, and I. I think it's so great because again, these are like, how do we? If you're sitting over coffee with someone, I mean, that's really what I'm asking you to do, right? Which is a really tricky thing. Like, I, you guys are being very brave, and to kind of say, well, I, I've got a question. Like, so thank you, thank you. Tag along. Is salvation sure? Right. Always? Always. There you go. What does it mean to be saved? Okay. Mm -hmm. What is salvation? That is kind of a church word, isn't it? Yes. So thank you, Pat for asking that question because that, that again sometimes we we use words in church and people are like wait hold what is that you know so great question so you could also you know yeah. in your time this week just write these down mm -hmm. and then you know give them to us next week mm -hmm. we'll kind of mm -hmm. collate them and all you want to close in prayer yeah let me close this in prayer father thank you that you individually know each one of us in this room. That you know our stories better than we know our own. And that you invited us here. You draw us to yourself. And you are interested in us hearing um, about who you are 
and I'm knowing why you put us here in the first place and what our future could be and what a relationship with you would look like. I know all of those things that uh, you care about and you um, make yourself such a so available. So would you please um, work in us um, as we leave this place with all the questions we've asked, with all the ideas and the passages, and would you stir in us a desire uh, to know you, uh, to know uh, our purpose in life, to know who you are and how you've made us, and uh, to, to honor each other in the process and to learn from each other in that. And I believe that you've made us uh, a community here for this nine-week season, so help us to value each other as we uh, look for you. And we'll keep careful to give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.